going on just goes to show listeners chis and i are back fresh epi how y'all doing yeah how's everybody go doing i mean I, I don't think they're gonna be able to answer for us jack but i think we'll speak for them uh the prem is still hot and heavy uh we, we're through the holidays in the middle of january and things are getting very interesting at the top of the table very, very interesting. Yeah, rhetorical questions don't really work on podcasts because people can't answer. Right. Um, but I'll give you guys a little breakdown of what we're going to cover today on the pod. Um, so two things, agenda and then a little shout out. First of all, uh, agenda for the pod, we're going to comb through, we're going to talk to the top 10 teams. So we're looking at the table right now and you've got a bit of kind of a Europa League, Champions League and title race, you know, heating up. Uh, we're through I think 17 games. It's all kind of over the board depending on which team. Obviously, there's a few games in hand given COVID. But we're going to shake out the top half of the table. Um, we're going to talk through pretenders and contenders, where we think people are going to finish, uh, and then players who we like from those teams who aren't necessarily on uh, or amongst the headlines. We'll go a little bit, uh, talk about the lack of activity in the transfer window, so not much to talk about there. I've been administering trivia to Chris this week. Um, and then, as always, we'll go through um, our predictor fixtures for the week as well. So download the predictor app and play with us. Um, but before we jump into the, the initial part, which is breaking down that top 10, uh, I did want to say we, as of this week, Just Goes to Show podcast is hosted on every week we follow um, the locally sourced and locally created Aston Villa um, fans website uh, created for the fans by the fans. Uh, so we've got a mate over there. Uh, as you guys know, if you listen to the pod, we, we talk Villa a lot. Um, I'm a Villa season ticket holder. Chris, Chris is obviously passionate about Villa as well, um, and so we tend to favor them a little bit in some of our reviews, but uh, our, our pod's actually going to be featured on that site, which is rolling out to all Villa fans this upcoming Saturday, so uh, check it out. We'll link, the, link it in the pod bio as well. Up the Villa. Up the Villa. Thank you. Concise and beautiful, Chris. So um, let's jump into the, the, the top 10. So let, let's, let's start by looking at the top of the table um, and... I guess before we get into start start talk starting to talk about the first team in the table, Chris, um, anything you have like looking at the lay of the land, is there a favorite right now in the season? You know, do you think United are going to stay where they're at before we start going into more detail on the teams? Um, I don't necessarily think there is a favorite right now. Um, I think that if there is a favorite, it's not United, but I do think they. They've kind of played themselves into the role of um, someone you got to take seriously. I mean, Bruno is elite, as we've talked about. Uh, I think Marcus Rashford's been playing out of his mind, and they've started to figure out a little bit defensively. So um, I think that they are a contender, but probably not favorite. But I don't really know if you can peg one team as the favorite at this point. Okay, so what we're going to do here, we're going to comb through, that. that's a really good intro to um, our, our top 10 countdown here. We're going to comb through each team, team by team, as it stands on the table right now. We're going to talk about whether or not the team is a uh, pretender or contender. Basically, in short, do we think the team is going to finish at or above their current place in the table, right? So take you know Liverpool, who's in second, like do we f- think they're going to finish at or above that spot? Um, and then coupled with that, uh, and you know some debate as well. We're gonna also highlight one player each who we think is a key cog in that team and will play a key role in their success over the course of the season, but who isn't necessarily amongst the headlines. So for Chris, who had just mentioned Manchester United, we for example wouldn't be talking about um, the Bruno. ever obvious brilliance of Bruno. Um, so on that note, Chris, you think they're gonna be a contender? Do you think they finish at or above, uh, obviously, their number one place? So basically, do you think they finish the season first? So, I mean, I guess the, the, the language we're using is contender or pretender. So based off of that 
qualification, I would say that they're a pretender because, no, I don't think they're going to win the title. But um, I do think they're a contender in the sense that I think that they're going to be in the mix for a long time. And um, I would be surprised to see them not finish top four. And so in a year that I don't think there necessarily is a, a favorite, like I said, yeah, I do think that they're a contender. Um, but are they are they the favorite? Probably not. So I don't think that I would put them as finishing you know, at where they're at right now, because I don't think that I'd pick them to win the title at this point. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think I'm going to call them a pretender. Uh, do I think they'll finish top four? Uh, I think they actually could have a bit of a collapse and slide down to fifth. I think they'll finish top six, of course, but um, I'm naturally not super comfortable with saying they'll finish top four. Um, I don't think they'll finish third. Um, so top four, I think they'll probably likely finish fourth. I think when you look at the team, the reason why I say that is I don't think the penalties that they're, they've been getting this season are consistent. Well, uh, I think they are consistent. Know, if you look over the past couple well, of years, they just get more of them. So yes, they maybe are. You but can I expect I, more consistency from that. Maybe, but I just think that has to drop off at some point, right? Like you, you statistically, you have to think that at some point, their penalty you know, uh, their dramatic penalty count compared to every other team is going to naturally even out, right? Just kind of fundamental law of averages. So um, I think that they'll, you know, see that diminish a little bit, see some goals dry up. Like the game they just had against Burnley with a one goal win, a Paul Pogba goal. Um, you know, if they don't get that goal, then it's a, the classic nil-nil draw against Burnley. I They also haven't really been hit with injuries, right? Like Bruno plays every single game. Um, they don't have an incredibly deep attacking or uh, attacking they are quite deep but incredibly deep defensive unit um to to deal with injuries you know to harry mcguire uh erwan basaka uh luke shaw etc i know they have alex tellez but um so I, I think if they get hit with a little bit of injuries and then don't get the penalties they do i think they can drop significantly and I don't know. It feels this season that they're on the right side of a lot of one-goal games where, like, last season it felt like Liverpool was always doing that, right? Those, like, battle, yeah. those kind of grind games. They, they would win 1-0. And United kind of feels like they're getting that, which maybe that's what you need. But for some reason I feel like it can't go on forever. They do Just have watching few, them play. They do have a few games that stand out in my head as, like, late winners that they probably didn't deserve three points in. But, um, you know, I think that they're probably – not a top two team in my eyes, but could they finish third? I think so. Um, and I think part of the reason why is I actually am starting to feel a little bit more secure with them defensively. So, you know, like the key player in my eyes right now for them is someone who is oft injured. So hopefully, he, you know, could stick it out for the sake of uh, United supporters. But Eric Bai has been very good since he's come back. I think they've looked a little bit more uh, solidified defensively. Him, McGuire, Shaw, and Juan Basaka as a back four. And, um, you know, I think um, they've, they've reintroduced Pogba into the team. If Pogba sticks it out for the rest of the season, he's kind of, at this point, making his case for, you know, why he should be signed and why he should get paid. And he's played better the last few weeks. Uh, Rashford's been on fire. And Bruno is Bruno. So, I don't know. I think that they are, um, you know, a potential title winner. I, don't, I wouldn't pick them. But I think Eric Bailly, uh in his emergence the last, he's got six appearances this season, but he's been starting every week now. Uh, is mm. very promising for them because I'm, I'm not huge on Victor Lindelof, and they definitely don't have a ton of, um, you know, like certain years stability at center back. Um, but McGuire needs a, a good partner, and I think if Bai is healthy, healthy, then I think he could be that. Yeah, I think, you know, I don't know, there's a lot of memes about McGuire. His game has settled down as we've gotten further and further away from the, the Greece incident. But uh, I, I'm impressed with the call with Eric Bai. I think he adds an element of athleticism to that defense that 
Um, you know, they don't have outside of Wampasaka really, right? Like McGuire isn't incredibly pacey. Neither is Luke Shaw. They're both kind of bigger guys. Um, you know, in a dead sprint, they might beat you, but in kind of shifty moving side to side, they're not that quick. And Eric Bai is. He's a pretty he's a quick athlete. You can see when he plays with some of his clearances. They're very athletic. Um, I think the most uh, the key player for them who's not in the billboards is Aaron Wambasaka. So I'm going to stick with their back line as well. I do think it, the reason why I pick Wambasaka is because he's he doesn't have a lot of flash with his game, right? He's not Alexander Arnold pinging diagonal balls across the field. Um, excellent one-on-one defender. You know you're going to get that from him. So you know you're going to get the stability on the right side, you know, behind Rashford or Greenwood or whoever is playing ahead of him. Where I think he can uh, he can improve and where. Uh, he kind of becomes that key player as if he's able to get some attacking returns, a few crosses, which he he had one, I think, two weeks ago yeah, he uh, did. for a goal. Um, if he ends up having a couple cross and crosses and assists that end up resulting in goals and some attacking play down the right side, um, then United all of a sudden become a way, way more dangerous team because they're not completely dependent on the Bruno penalty or a Rashford screamer, right? And so if yeah. you... If you start to bring in the outside back play and start to get goal production from those areas, all of a sudden United, in my mind, turn into a contender. Yeah, and I personally, I love Aaron Wampasaka, but I don't think he does have that offensive uh, ability in his bag, but we'll see. Love to see it from him. Let's move on, though. So next in the table, Liverpool, three points behind United, playing United this weekend. Contender or pretender? So I think Liverpool are going to finish right where they're at right now. So I think um, in that sense, contender. Um, Liverpool, a lot of people say we're the, are the best team in, in the league on paper in terms of their squad. Um, I have a few concerns. I have concerns over the age of their squad and whether or not they're going to be able to handle the, the frequency of the fixtures. And then the second concern, honestly, like I, I have a bit of a personal vendetta against Jurgen Klopp. I think that... Um, some of his behavior behavior this year has been abhorrent. I think it's it's really easy to look at that Liverpool team and feel just kind of like scrambled and they're like in a little bit of disarray. Whether or not they feel like that in their own locker room, I don't know. Uh, but just uh, I don't think the way that he's been speaking with the media, the way that uh, things he's been, been saying on the touchlines, I just think he's, uh, you know, I think that's naturally going to create some sort of discourse and, and people are going to start thinking in the back of their minds like, oh, is he this perfect manager that we thought he was a year ago? So I think uh, contender because I think they finished second, but um, no more than that. Yeah, um, I will say contender. I actually would, if I was a betting man, I'd probably bet on them for the title right now um, just because they have the track record. Um, But I think they're definitely a contender, obviously, um, defending champs, and they've still looked solid, not nearly as dominant as they were last year, but they've still got pretty much all those pieces around besides Virgil, which is a big... Uh, big question mark, but I would say this is an obvious answer for key player for them that isn't, um, you know, going to be front page of the paper. It's uh, Gigi Wijnaldum, no doubt, right? Yeah, I like that. I really like that take. Why? Why do you? Why is that your take, though? I mean, he's just been a, a constant fixture in their side for a couple of seasons. He doesn't really get any of the accolades or recognition, but he. I mean, he's a, pr- a regular starter for them. And, um, I mean, I think that overall people don't really look at their central midfield. Henderson gets credit. Um, but I think he's, he's crucial to their success. And uh, I think any team in the Prem would be lucky to have him. Yeah, there's the, been some Barcelona rumors as well because he's in the last year yeah, of his it contract, looks like he might right? Leave. Yeah, so which is super interesting, right? It's a contract here for him. So he's playing for a payday. So I like that take. I In my mind, uh, the key player for them is Fabinho, who I've kind of that was my naysayed a little bit. 
Yeah, he's my I naysayed him on the pod. The only reason why he You told usurps. me, I don't want to interrupt, but I remember you told me and a couple of our friends that he was not like a top 25 uh, defensive midfielder in Europe. This was like a year ago. Yeah, a year ago. I think he's probably in the top 15 now. I still don't think he's like a top 5 defensive midfielder in the in the in like the world or anything like that. But alas, that's that's not what we're debating right now. Um, I think that um, I think the reason why he usurps, in my mind, Gigi's importance in, in, in terms of an unsung hero is because he slots in at central defense, right? And so that is a position, right, that is very, very uncertain right now at Liverpool. Um, Fabinho's been pretty good when he's slotted in there. Very good in a one-on-one, one-on-one challenge, um, playing next to whether it be Williams, Nathaniel Phillips, etc. Um, and so I think him, whether he's playing in central midfield, if they can get some healthy options at center back, um, or if he's playing in central defense, um, I think he's kind of the key player where if he doesn't play well or he doesn't show up or he starts to make errors, like they're going to be in big, big trouble. Um, he's not going to get the accolades. He'll occasionally hit a screamer, you know, one of those stingers that he hits from central midfield, but, you know, he's not going to get the goal returns or anything like that. Agreed. He's very versatile, so I think that makes him very important. Uh, let's keep it moving. So third in the table right now, Manchester City. They actually have a game in hand, um, but they're four, point, four points off of United right now. Contender, pretender. I know this is going to be your, um, this is going to be your title winner, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I, I say that. contender. Yeah, I think I think contender. I think they're going to win the league. Um, I think, although. I, there's a there's a different aura in Manchester City this season, and it's very very noticeable. Um, everything from Pep's pref- press conferences to the way that they're playing. Right, they're playing a four two three one, having two central holding midfielders instead of the four three three, which you know they found themselves um, at odds defensively a few times last season. Stones and Diaz in central defense are absolutely immense. Um, I think they've kept like seven out of eight the last clean sheets or something like that. Like conceded one goal together in the last nine games. Mm-hmm. Um, so they look fantastic. And um, and so I'll I'll kind of segue into my unsung hero for them, um, which is Yao Cancelo. Um, I Yao like Cancelo, that someone who they, they who they bought for. I, I think they bought him for forty million pounds. He wasn't cheap. Um, they spent a lot and on then defenders. He, yeah, and he's Portuguese. Didn't go straight into the side, and everyone was a bit confused. And um, you know, you saw kind of Mendy Mendy kind of held down that left back position for a while. Yao Cancelo does a few things really really well. And so with that with that kind of four two three one that they play. Uh, because they are a little bit more defensive, all of a sudden now these outside backs uh, have a bit more of an influence in in, in their attack, right? Like uh, Cancelo has more license to get further up in the field because Rodri or um, you know Gundogan will kind of slot in behind them and, and slot into that back line. And you see Cancelo, he's very, very gifted on the ball, actually a really, really talented passer. And so he actually slides. Like when City are in possession, they'll slide from a 4-2-3-1 to like a 3 um, a three-three-three-one, or even a three-two-four-one, and you'll see Cancelo kind of like slot into midfield because the, Pep assumes that no, you know, they won't track Cancelo into midfield. Very interesting tactically, but he's been a big, big, big lift um, to them this season. Kind of a newfound stability at the position where Mendy has the flash and the pace, but not as good on the ball as Cancelo is. So he's my unsung hero. Yeah, he's really good. I've watched them a lot. He's very good going forward. He's a little bit one-footed, but. Um, you know, you can live with that sometimes out of a fullback. I think he's very good. I, I think that they're definitely contenders. I would probably still lean Liverpool ahead of them for the title, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think uh, Ruben Diaz honestly might be the signing of the season at this point right now. Um, so I don't think he's the unsung hero. I think this is a crazy pick, um, but I think the guy that gets no credit that deserves more is definitely Ilki Gundogan. Uh, he starts pretty much every game for them. And I think that 
almost every casual Premier League fan or people that watch him every week would point to him as like the guy in the starting eleven that doesn't really make sense all the time or isn't very flashy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's doing something right. You know, I think you have a lot of respect for Pep. They have a lot of options. He's a fixture in that lineup. Rodri is the other one um, who also doesn't always get a ton of love. But uh, I think defensively, you look at Diaz, you look at Stones, they've, they've been so much better. But, you know, those holding midfielders like you talked about are extremely important. So Gundogan and Rodri together, they're not going to get all the love. But, I mean, they've been immense for them. Yeah, I, I'll plus one that. I think Gundogan might be one of the most intelligent players in the Premier League. Very. Um, and because if you look at him, like, does he do anything really, really well? Not really, right? Like, is he a freak athlete? No. Does he have a ridiculous pace? No. Is he incredibly gifted on the ball? A, a great dribbler? No. Does he have a good first touch? Sure. A lot of central midfielders do. Um does he have a good range of passing? Passing, sure. He doesn't have like a Pogba range of passing at all, right? So you think about he's like the actual he's like the antithesis of Pogba actually in central midfield, right? Like Pogba has all the flash, all the flair, all the physical attributes to go on and be a, a you know ridiculous powerhouse. And Gundogan's kind of the opposite. Again, this diminutive, smaller, uh, won't strike you know strike a stick out on the TV kind of thing. Yeah, but gets into space really, really well. Moves well. Finds space between defenders. His goal returns in him. Uh, yeah, that's that's a brilliant take. I I'll hand it to you, my co-host. Well done. Thank thank you, sir. Let's keep it moving. We'll fly through some of these ones because we're gonna take forever otherwise. Um, Leicester City in fourth. They are level on points with City, but one game, uh, one more match played. So four points off United. Contender, or pretender. Uh, I think Pretender. Um, I'm just not sipping the Brennan Rodgers Kool-Aid. Um, so I think they'll slide out. I think there's some teams better than them that'll jump up. But I do think um, they've done well so far this season with a lot of injuries uh, to the back line. And so they are getting people back. What I'm interested to see, I think their unsung hero is going to be James Justin um, at outside back um, on the right side. He actually can play on the right or the left. Um, scored some worldies in the cup, and you've seen him develop from, you know, he's from Luton. Um, and I actually think he might end up keeping Ricardo Pereira out of the side, who's a Portuguese international. So he's my, my unsung hero. Yeah, Pereira was uh, very, very good last season. Mm-hmm. So that'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. But Justin's obviously very uh, impressive as well. Um, I, I'm going to say pretender, but barely, because I do think this is a top six team. I just think top four might Agreed. be a little bit unrealistic for them. Um, unsung hero, though, I, I mean, I think he's going to get it more and more attention. But it's a shout-out to our buddy Nick Harmon. It's got to be Harvey Barnes for me. Um, he, I still think he doesn't get the attention that Vardy obviously does for being Vardy. You got Madison. Mm-hmm. You got Tielemans. There's a lot of good players on this team. Um, but Harvey Barnes, I mean, he has been phenomenal. And he is still so young. I, I think he's going to be an absolute star. I, I won't be surprised if Lester aren't able to hold on to him for that long. Because, um, I mean, he is... He's 23, and he's been just lighting it up. Um, he seems like a little bit versatile with where he can play on the pitch, too. Mm-hmm. I'm very impressed. Yeah, he kind of – there's a bit of a profile on that Leicester team. Very, very two-footed players, right? So Madison, Thielmans, Harvey Barnes, they're all very two-footed. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of their – James Justin can play left or right side. So they have a lot of two-footed players, which makes them kind of difficult to play against because as a defender, you don't know where to show them. So – uh, Harvey Barnes, I agreed, has been impressive. Uh, he has sometimes at, at times like a bit of a, like a Dan James effect where I think he just kind of like runs too quick in a straight line where I think he needs to, you know, sometimes needs to slow down and assess the field around him. But, yeah, he's, he's a good player, good good, good talent. Yeah, the other thing with this team that might make them a little bit more of a contender is Wilfred Ndidi returning. And if he can come back mm-hmm. healthy, then they're a whole different team. And he should be back soon um, playing regularly again. So 
Um, 100%. All right, next on the list, Everton in fifth. Um, they are also on 32 points, same as City and Leicester. They've actually mm-hmm. won four out of five. They haven't seemed mm-hmm. like they've been in the form that much, but um, I'm going to go definite pretender on them. I think uh, they're primed to drop a little bit. I do like this team, um, but I think that they're probably going to finish in 7th or 8th. Yeah, I, I think they have to walk before they can run, right? So if I'm looking at my, my top, you know, I'm looking at City at 1, uh, you know, Liverpool at 2, you know, United or a team that we haven't talked about yet in 3rd in or 4th, and, you know, I think those 5th and 6th spots, I like some of these other teams who are going to kind of come up there. So, you know, Arsenal dropping out of the top, top 10, top six, um, is going to open up a spot. Is it an Everton or, uh, you know, a Leicester or Southampton or a Villa who's going to slide in there? I don't know. I think Everton, the advantage that they have is their manager with Carl Ancelotti. Um, I th- I'm pretender as well on them though. I think they need to walk before they can run. I think so. Got a lot of, a lot of questions about them. They've got a good foundation. Um, they're going to, they're going to end up being good for a little bit here if they can keep Ancelotti and some of these players. But, um, I think the unsung hero, I don't know if he's that unsung, but I think it's Luca Dean. Lucas Digne, whatever, however you want to call him. I mean, <laughs> he is a very, very, very good left fullback, left wingback. Very good going forward. Um, creates a lot. Mm-hmm. He, can he stay healthy? I don't know. But uh, I think that he is, um, you know, you, you think about, like, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison, um, you know, Hamas, DeCorey, some of these new signings, but even, like, Pickford or Keane, I don't know. I think that Luca Dean is maybe their best player. Or up there. Yeah, he's brilliant. Takes the armband sometimes. Very good left foot. Takes their set pieces. Really good player. Classy player. Um, we'll get some goal returns as well. My unsung hero is Elan in central midfield. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna, not going to get the goals. Alan, Elan, whatever you want to say. Uh, he's not going to get the goal. Yeah, he's not going to get the goals that uh, the rest of the midfield and really the rest of the team will get. Um, you know, Luca Dino outscore him, but. The guy is so industrious, plays with his shirt tucked in, uh, brings like an adi- an attitude and a swagger that I don't really think, I think a lot of the good teams have is in terms of like a holding central midfield. I think about like Holy Rigard, Spurs, um, what you were just talking about with yeah. Gigi and all the Liverpool, Gundogan, we just talked about him. Good comparisons. He's that player. Yeah. yeah, he's that player uh, at Everton. Yeah, I, I like him a lot and I you know I love that tuck, so I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, this is oh, maybe... One of the most interesting teams on the list, in my opinion, right now is Spurs. They're in six, so they're on 30 points, only six points off United, so definitely not out of it. Um, but what do you think about them right now, Jack? Yeah, it's a good question. I think recency bias makes me want to say pretender because of their form lately has been poor, and they haven't been able to get the goals. They were kind of free-scoring. Everyone was like, oh, Sonny Kane, Sonny Kane to start the season. And then since, the goals have dried up a little bit, and so they have this habit now of going one or two goals up, or sorry, one goal up and then conceding and then tying 1-1. It's happened like three times. Uh, happened against Palace, happened against Fulham, and uh, I don't remember the, the other matchup. So Wolves. Wolves, yeah, there you go. Um and then they end up losing. Uh, no, that was Chelsea. Um, so I, 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 I'm, I'm contender on them simply because of Jose. I think Jose will figure it out. Um, I think they'll find a way to get goals outside of Son and Kane, and that's the that's the key for that team. If they can find goals outside of Son and Kane, and I, I'm thinking about someone like a Deli Alley, but they need goals out of midfield. Even um, you know someone like an Ndombele can start getting goal returns, or even the other winger outside of Son, uh, outside of Son, maybe a Bergwijn. Um, you know they need goals out of somebody else, and that's going to be the difference for them because you know they'll defend well, um, which makes my kind of unsung hero for them, the key player who is on the billboards, it's Tangai Ndombele. Um, Thought about him. Ndombele, yeah, I mean, he's been. I think Hoiberger get a lot of the gets a lot of credit behind the scenes, um, 
But Ndombele has been very, very gifted in terms of the top of that mid, kind of midfield triangle with Sissoko um, and, uh, and Hoiberg and Ndombele kind of at the top of the triangle. I think Ndombele has been great. Uh, total renaissance this season compared to his last season. Uh, and he's really, really tricky on the ball. Keeps the ball, kind of like stands over the ball and is very tricky to, and difficult to tackle at times. And so uh, I think he's very, very skilled. And there aren't many players when I watch him that I think like when he dribbles in central midfield, there aren't a ton of people who I can think of. He's kind of unique in that way. Did you just say Renaissance? Yeah, Renaissance. That's he's French, right? Okay. Um, a Renaissance. What do you I want mean, to say? I mean, I just don't think that you, um, an English person from Michigan, would say Renaissance. But you know, okay. Um, Renaissance. So for me, I think they're definitely a contender by the definition of what we're talking about right now because I think they're better than sixth. But I think they kind of have blown their title chances a little bit. I don't think this is a title-winning team. Um, I think the unsung hero is Eric Dyer. For some mm. reason, Jose Mourinho loves him. He's very versatile. Does. He's kind of like these other guys we're talking about. He's like a Fabinho. He's not as good as Fabinho, but he's like a Fabinho that can slot into central midfield, defensive midfield, center back. Um, and I think he's a leader on the pitch. Uh, I think that he's pretty good. I don't think he's an elite player uh, in the Prem right now. He's not world class, but I think he's very solid, and I think he's very crucial to the way Spurs play. Um, because he kind of just fills in all the the holes, you know, whatever they're they're struggling with, they just slot Eric Dyer in there, um, and, yeah. and have him clean it up, kind of. So I think he's he's um, incredibly crucial to their chances. But yeah, they're better I than think, sixth. I think. Yeah, I agree. I think. I think he kind of reminds me of you know think about those Mourinho teams at Chelsea with Gary Cahill and John Terry and central defense and Eric Dyer is kind of maybe that. Uh, I don't know, a bit of a stretch, but who knows? Yeah. Um, moving on. Moving on. We got at seventh. Southampton, Ralph Hasen Hotels, Southampton. What do you think, Jess? I'm going to go pretender, although I do really like them. Um, I, and I think you're going to have a differing opinion on, than me on this one. But I think just in terms of the quality of their team, they're not quite um, a top six side. I think uh, I really like their center backs uh, with Vestergaard and Bednarik. Uh, I like Ings a lot. Um, he just tested positive for COVID. I don't know how long he's going to be out for. It, he actually, I saw the report today. He tested positive for COVID. Doubtful for Saturday's match. I, was like, <laughs> I think he's probably out. Uh, if that's if that's not a <laughs> false negative or you know false positive or whatever. But um, you know, two days is not going to be enough for that. Anyway, um, I think they're good. I think Hasenhüttl's brilliant. I think they're going to finish top half. I just don't think that they're going to push much past where they have this season. But they're going in the right direction. Yes, very interesting question for me because you know my heart wants to say Ralph and Ralph and his Hasenhutl squad of uh, Southampton will finish above seventh. Um, what makes me nervous is their ability to beat teams at the bottom of the table. They they do really well against some of the big teams. Like you, you saw them beat Liverpool one nil, um, and and they hunt in packs. They they defend really well in as a unit, right? So someone picks up the ball, like six Southampton. If you watch one of their games, you put your finger on the player who has the ball. You watch like six players from their team run towards the ball carrier. They're very difficult to break down um, in that sense, unless you have a kind of a backwards to go forwards passing style. Um, and so some of the teams at the bottom of the table kind of have that. They'll pass back to their keeper and break their press and then, you know, uh, get a head down from, you know, Hilaire and, and West Ham will score. So I think they do finish, though, above seven. So I think they're a contender, with all that being said. Um, and my unsung hero for them is actually Alex McCarthy, their goalkeeper. Um, Alex McCarthy is someone who didn't make the team at Crystal Palace, couldn't make the – he couldn't even be a backup. Um, and he's – 
good Premier League goalkeeper this season. He's made some really, really nice saves in games that, that I've been watching. Um, made a really, really good save against West Ham to keep a clean sheet there. Um, and they're keeping a lot of clean sheets. Um, and he's having to play the ball out from the back and make the occasional really nice save. So he's my unsung hero. If he has a good season, keeps the ball out of the net, ball out of the back of the net consistently, like they're going to move up. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, I, I really want to go um, the ultimate unsung hero of all time, Nathan Redmond, but I don't think it's actually him. I think it's Kyle Walker-Peters, um, which is a really shrewd signing that a lot of people haven't really talked about from Spurs. I mean, do you think Spurs would like to have this guy right now? I think definitely. Um, he's been really, really good. I I think I, I just brought up, you know, um, Bednarik and Vestergaard and – um, Ryan Bertrand's good. I mean, they're, all their defenders I think are really solid, but Walker Peters has been very, very impressive, and I feel like you haven't really heard that much about him this season. Yeah, I mean, they're just in, they're just freak athletes. All like all every player on their team is in I think ridiculous they're, shape. They're, they're they do they're so for, much running. They're starting eleven is just pretty good top to bottom. Like I do think they're a good team. I just don't think that they're quite there to to make the Europe push. But we'll see. I could be wrong. Yeah, we'll see. We'll right. see. We'll see. We'll see. Villa uh, mo- eighth. Moving on. Two games Aston in Villa. hand. 26 points, 10 points off United with two games in hand. So do you want to kick this one off for me? You go. Uh, so I think even if you're not a Villa fan, um, every week we follow, even if you're not a Villa fan, you have to say that we're a contender fan, that, that they're a contender, right? Simply because of the two games in hand, right? If you're going to say they're a pretender, I mean, you're going to assume that they lose those two games in hand, continue to slide down the table and don't finish above where they're at right now. I think they're a contender. Um, and there's many reasons why, I think. I think Ross Barkley comes back um, from injury. I think Emmy Martinez is maybe best goalkeeper in the Premier League. Um, and team I think that team of the season. And, and I think that Jack Relish has emerged um, as the best English player in the world. Um, so I think they're a contender, and I think they'll finish above where they're at right now. When you're thinking about an unsung hero, and who is my kind of key player who isn't on the billboards? I think the key player who is on the billboards is Matt Target at left back. The reason why I pick him is because uh, Ahmed El Mohamedi sitting in the wing, who's a seasoned Premier League, uh, Premier League left back um, and been with Villa for a while. At right back, Matty Cash is a new signing who's had a really, really good campaign. And there's been a lot made of Matty Cash's second season at right back and first season with Villa. At left back, though, Matt Target, is, we didn't upgrade that position, which I was a little nervous for. And he's been brilliant he's improved his one-on-one defending uh he looks quicker than he was last season and he does have a good left foot right good left foot he can whip some crosses in so if we can if he can continue to make sure we know he has some of the attacking potential uh, he linked up a few times scored a goal against brighton last season linked up with Grealish a few times um and he's already linked you know it's a big part of that creative creative goal that's been replayed a lot um at, against arsenal that saka own goal if he can lock up the back left of that defense I'm confident in Cash on the right side, and although Mings, I think, might make the occasional error, I, I'm confident as well in, in uh, Villa center back pairing. So I think that left side, he's the key player who won't be on a lot of the billboards. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I think you might take this the wrong way. I hope you don't. But um, I think that when it comes to uh, our differences as co-hosts is <laughs> you embrace your bias. And I try to shy away from it. I don't. I don't want people to know that I love Villa and I love Palace. But you're just like, yeah, give me all of it. Predictor, Villa's gonna win every week. Palace gonna win every week. <laughs> and you're like, oh, key player of the season. This guy, Jack Grealish, is the best English player in the world. Yep, of course. And then Jack Grealish is my favorite player. Um, I think Harry Kane might have something to say about that, though. But regardless, um, I 
think that they're a contender because I think that they're going to finish eighth or higher at this point. Um, I've watched all season. I've watched them. They're really good. <laughs> they're really good in every area of the pitch. Um, I think that you make a good point with Matt Target. He's definitely the unsung hero of the back four. He's been starting every week. He's been very good. Matty Cash has been brilliant. Esri Kansa, I've seen in some team of the seasons right now, like midway through the season, which, are you kidding mm-hmm. me? Like, who would have thought that? Um, sure. But you hear a ton about Grealish, Watkins, McGinn, now even El Ghazi and Traore are like, you know, they're, they're coming on the scene and people are, are talking about him. The one guy that doesn't get talked about is Douglas Louise. And I don't really know why. He's in the lineup every single week. Uh, he's good. He's very good. And I, I, I hope he stays under the radar a little bit because Man City still have a buyback clause with him, um, and I think they should probably activate it. But he's very good. He's he's a holding midfielder. Um, does a great job against you know behind some guys that don't very really play that defensively. Um, he's really the only defensive-minded midfielder there, and he can you know rip a shot here and there. He's a good passer, but he's got a little bit of a, a different hairstyle every week. Other than that, everything else is consistent. Yeah, I mean he's playing playing every every game for Brazil internationally, um, and you think about Manchester City activating that buyback clause to replace Okai Gundogan or, or or Fernandinho, for example, He'd fit right makes in, you a, yeah it makes you a little nervous. Um, one hundred percent great pick, and I think uh, you know. Yeah, I, maybe I do embrace my bias, but I mean, Villa is really exciting. I think the other person you have to think about is like, are Villa going to get goals outside of Grealish and Watkins, right? And that's that's the other. That's been um, Ghazi and Traore, so I mean, they, they exactly, started, exactly. So, so you, but 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 that needs to stay consistent, right? Yeah. Like, that needs to happen throughout the season. We need goals from the wing from wide play, and that didn't happen last season. That's a big difference, right? Huge difference. Um, Bertrand Trigo is a, a goal threat, so definitely, definitely. All right, next Chelsea somehow in ninth. Last time we recorded, do you remember? I did a this or that with you, and I said better chance of the title, Chelsea or Spurs, because they were one two. Yep, times have changed that, quick. Yeah. What do you think about Chelsea now? Um, so I think Chelsea is a contender in a sense of what we're talking about right now, right? Like they're they're in ninth. They're going to finish ahead of ninth, right? They they just have spent too much money. They're too good. Um, so I think they're going to finish ahead of ninth. Um, who do I think is their unsung hero? <sighs> There's a few players that come to mind. Um, I think everyone on Chelsea like gets a lot of press and gets a lot of hoopla and gets a lot of uh, a lot of mentions. Um, I think Mateo Kovacic because he's very industrious. Uh, he does both ends of the pitch, but some of the games that they've lost, he's looked completely disinterested. Yeah. Um, and I you know I've been, I've, there's like funny videos of him on Twitter, kind of just walking around. He's really dynamic when he's on the ball terrible when he's not interested so Frank Lampard needs to find a way to keep him motivated if so I think he's a key player I love the way you said that because the entire time going into Chelsea I was like I think Kovacic is my guy but he's been rough this year he's not played very well mm-hmm. um the, the energy hasn't been there I think any Chelsea fan that's watched that actually watches their games would tell you that they, they do not like Mateo Kovacic right now I mean he's, he hasn't mm-hmm. had a good season last year he was crucial for them and we all know what he's capable of but they need that. They, they're desperately lacking that in the midfield right now. Conte hasn't had a great season either. Jorginho is probably not the guy. I mean, I don't, they, they, they have, they're a mess up top. Um, but I don't know. I mean, they are a little bit more stable defensively than they have been in recent years. And I think, um, you know, that's, that's where the signings have panned out for Lampard with Chilwell and Silva so far. They've been good. Uh, the key, the best player on their team probably so far this season has been Kurt Zuma. Um, I don't. Th- I think mm-hmm. he's been getting attention. Like you said, there's not necessarily unsung heroes, but Zuma's been brilliant. And then I would say maybe if I had to pick an unsung hero, 
it'd probably be like a tie between Tammy Abraham and Olivier Giroud because everyone just talks about Timo Werner nonstop. Mm -hmm. And I mean, those are the guys that are scoring goals when they're in. So I don't know. I mean, they're, they're contender contender in my eyes because yeah, of course, by this criteria, they're going to finish ahead of this, but um, right now, gun to your head, does Lampard survive the season? Yeah, he does. I would say no. <laughs> I think I think it's a long term project. I think I think he already knows he's going to have the. Um, I don't think there's any anything that's a long term project at Chelsea. What's that? I don't think there's a such thing as a long term project at Chelsea. Yeah, I think I don't know. I, maybe it's not a long term uh, a long term project, but I just think he's going to have a little bit of patience from Abramovich. Maybe. But. I hope I hope so. I think he deserves it, but we'll see. All right, last team in the top ten. Not Arsenal. It's West Ham. Uh, we're not talking about Arsenal today. They suck. West Ham, they are level on points with Chelsea and Villa. 26 points, 10 points off the title pace of United. What do you think about them? West Ham, West Ham, West Ham. Uh, I think they're pretenders. And, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I think, obviously, they're intent, right? So we're not going to... More than I mean, they have a lot of runway here in terms of being a contender. I think they're pretenders in the sense where I, I don't think they'll finish tenth. I think they'll probably finish eleventh or twelfth, um, maybe thirteenth or fourteenth. Like I see someone like a Palace jumping ahead of them, for example. David Moyes, I, I, I kind of hate to say it, he's done good things with that team. Um, he's gotten rid of some of the the foreign uh, kind of extravagant big contracts and names and kind of condensed that team. They look more like a recently promoted side uh, with some of the players they play now, like a Jared Bowen, for example. Um, uh, they've been Rama, obviously. Their midfield's Declan Rice, and they've Kufal right back. I, anyway, I'd like he's done good things with that team, but I don't think they're going to finish tenth uh, or above. I think they'll finish below that. Um, their unsung hero, um, I did just touch on him, is Vladimir Kufal. Really, really underrated right back. Um, he's, has, he's actually offered a little bit going forward, um, and he's kind of Suchek's uh, check buddy. Um, and offers a little bit going forward. Very good defender one-on-one. He played really well against Wilf when they played Palace, kind of shut Wilf down a little bit from that right side. So I think if he plays well, get the, he's getting returns from that right side. I, that's a position that I think is unsung for a lot of teams. I said that with Wampasaka earlier. If he plays well all season, they'll, they'll keep out goals, and um, you know he'll create a few as well. So, um, yeah, he'll, he'll be a big help to them. Yeah, I, uh, I think they're also pretenders. I don't think they're going to finish top half. Um, but I think they'll finish close to that. I don't think they're going to fall off a cliff here either. Um, Unsung Hero, I would go with probably Agbana, um, only because mm. I think he's had a very good season. He is very threatening off set pieces. Um, they've done a better job defensively. I think you hear a lot about Cresswell. Um, you know, you hear a lot about Suchek, Rice. Those are those are all players that I think are a little bit better. But um, I think Agbana has been very, very good. Uh, when I've watched him, I've been very impressed. Yeah. Well, that about wraps up the top 10 for, uh, for Chris and I. Um, so what we're going to do here, we are going to jump straight into trivia. I'm hosting this week. Really, the only other thing we had written down to talk about was managerial hot seats. Uh, we touched on Lampard. I think Steve Bruce is a joke. He's going to lose his job within the next month. You? No. No. Okay. I think he's That's a joke, but I don't think he's going to lose his job. Yeah, exactly. Just trash tactics. He said he said they were gonna, they just they just lost to Blades. Blades first win of the season. He's Steve Bruce in, in the last week said that they were going to, uh, you know, attack teams and play higher up the pitch and win the ball back higher up. And they, and they lost to Blades. Well, to be fair, they did. Um, they did have ten men for a whole half. Yeah, but, if, it, off, but I think but I think he said the first half that they played. I think he said in the press yeah. conference was the worst first half they've had all season. So yeah. we got to move gone. on. He's anyway, gone. who cares? We, 
We've seen it all before. Um, so I'm going to give trivia to Chris here. Um, Chris, I'm going to give you 90 seconds here okay. um, to come up with seven names. So let me get my timer ready. Uh, the seven names that I'm looking for uh, are seven players who have the most interceptions this season in the Premier League. So not interceptions per 90, most total Clearance, sorry, not interceptions. Different stat. Wow. Looking Whoa. at the different columns here. Yep, sorry. Now you can't think about it ahead of time. The stat we're looking for is most clearances. So I apologize. Not interceptions, clearances. So reset your brain for a second. I mean, either way. I still haven't. I, I still haven't. I still, right now. I, I, I still haven't started the timer, so I'm giving you a yeah, couple but interceptions grace, grace clearances. Seconds. I mean, that will, either way, it's tough. Clearances. Clear, clearances are coming from your defenders. You know that. Yeah, so I'm aware. Most, most, most clearances uh, by players in the Premier League. There's seven players. Um, you yeah, just, just and go. go. All right, Mings? No. Kansa? No. Bednarik? No. Vestergaard? No. Zuma? No. Um... Uh, Maguire? No. Fafana? No. Um, Ugbana? Yes, he's third. Wow. Okay. Uh, this is really difficult. That's a hint, right? So defensive-minded team, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, let me think, let me think, let me think. Uh, Keen? Yes, he's okay. fourth, or he's fifth. Okay, um... Gabriel, David Luiz, probably not. Um, nope, nope. Kuyate? Yes, he's seventh. Wow, okay. Uh, Sice? Nope. You've got um, 30 seconds okay. to get four. Uh, Lewis Dunk? Nope. Okay. Um, uh... This is a tough one, Jack. This is a tough one. It's a tough one. <laughs> um, <sighs> trying to think. Trying to think. Uh, not Tiago Silva. I'm assuming. Nope. Um, Alderweireld. No, no, no. And time. Boom. So you did. You did pretty well, honestly. Got, it was what, a tough three question. Or four? Yeah, you got three. So you got three of the seven. Um, you got Angelo Ibana, who you mentioned earlier, which was a good call out and a good good call back. Yeah. Um, there's another player who you mentioned earlier is actually one of your unsung heroes who you didn't select. Eric here. Dyer. Eric Dyer is number two Jeez. in the Premier League in clearances, um, with 82. You wouldn't think about that. That's why he's unsung. Exactly. That's why he's unsung. Um, so you have Eric Dyer at two, Ibana at three. You guess Michael Keane at five and Kuyate at seven. Um, so that's four total. Give me some at, team in, names here. I, I, in, in, in first, you have a Newcastle central defender. Oh, God. Um, well, let's think. Newcastle. There's a few. They have, like, 14 on the roster. I know. That's that's the tough thing about them. Um, I would uh, – I'll go with Lascelles, Fernandez. Fernandez, Fernandez, okay. yeah. Fernandez. Um, so Fernandez is the most clearances in the Premier League with 89. Eric Dyer second with 82. Agbana is third with 79. Fourth is a Blades. Blades, huh? Um, I'm trying to think because I actually thought about Blades, but then um, I was thinking that their the first guy I would have guessed was John Egan, who I think has been sent off and, and suspended, so I didn't know if he had played as much. 
John Egan is number four, so well done. The club captain. And then number six is an English center back, one of Harmon's favorites. Um, Tosinetta Rabayo. Tosinetta Rabayo is He hasn't six. even played yes, it Tosin. much. I know, pretty late. wild. He's, <laughs> he's only played 12 year. games. He's only played 12 games, and he has more clearances that's than Cheju Kayate. He's played 18. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, wild. So the, the reason why it's like those seven, all those seven players have over 70 clearances this season in the Premier League. So those center backs um, are the teams who are contributing to that. Yeah. And also kind of all of them are in pretty good form, playing pretty well for their teams, right? You look at all those players. Federico Fernandez wore the armband against Blades. Egan's the captain. Agbani, you said, had a good season. Dyer, unsung hero. Kuyate slotted really well at center back. So players who are honestly at the center back position playing well. Yeah, you know? no, it's not a bad trivia. It's just it's a tough one, you have to admit. Clearances is not something that you necessarily think of right away. But um, either way, I, I think that it was a, a solid one. And those are all players that... I mean, you you could look at it like it's an important stat, but that means that those teams are giving up a lot of uh, crosses exactly. or chances. They're in their own half a lot. So, exactly. All right, cool. Well, that yeah, that rolls us into predictor, right? So, um, I I've done something a little sleuth this week. I haven't put my I noticed that I have a, minor a, a, in. A do- so. A doc that we at the doc, a doc that we run off for our, our scores. Um, so you'll kick off each one and I'll follow it up. So right. some Chris, call it rap. some call of it some call it lack of preparation, but. Um, all right, the first one Cheers. is Fulham at home to Chelsea Saturday at 12.30 Eastern. I've got Chelsea rebounding, winning 2-0. Fulham actually drawn five straight matches right now, including against some good teams, Liverpool and Spurs. Um, mm-hmm. Five straight matches they've drawn. I'm going to go Chelsea 2-0, though. I think Chelsea bounces back here. Yeah, I think Fulham have shown that they can play in this division. Um, however, Chelsea have been pretty good defensively. And I do think they bounce back as well. I think they win 1-0 and actually kind of battle one out at the road at, at Craven Cottage. I like that. All right, next one. Blades at home against Spurs Sunday, 9 a.m. I have got, I've got Spurs winning 2-0 again. Same score. Um, I think that Blades are down, 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 down. Um, and I think Spurs need absolutely need to be picking up three points in these matches to have any shot at getting back into the title race. So, 2-0. Yeah, it's it's really tough. I think this is one of those games where Blades are going to sit back. They're going to play with three at the back. Um, Blades are coming off their first win of the season. They go against Spurs. I, with the way things have been going lately, I kind of want to pick Blades in this game. as like a big upset. But I can also see it, it's either going to be like 1-0 Blades or Spurs win like 4-0, right? Like two uh, a penalty, Harry Kane grabs two, and it's just a difference in class. So I'm actually going to go that way. I'm going to go uh, 3-1 Spurs. Okay. Um, next one, the marquee matchup of the weekend. Liverpool at home to Manchester United, Sunday, 11.30 Eastern. I'm going to go for a draw on this one. Uh, 2-2. I think that... Um, there's still some questions defensively for Liverpool, and I think United are flying a little bit high right now uh, in a good way. I, I don't know. I, I kind of can't separate these teams right now. I think I'm going to go 2-2. I think there's going to be goals. Yeah, uh, so in this one, I'm going to go 2-0 Liverpool. I think Liverpool kind of put United back in their place a little bit. Um, Liverpool, at, it's, at, it's at Anfield. Um, they're coming off a couple not great results, and... I think they can really kick Manchester United in the teeth, right? If you look at the, like Manchester United's last couple of games, like Villa really put, should have put them to the sword. The game against Burnley, a couple moments where Burnley had a little bit more class, like that, that result goes the other way. Um, and I don't, I don't see Manchester United scoring in buckets, so I'm going to go two 0 uh, Liverpool win that one. Blank okay. United. All right. Um, next one, Manchester City at home to Crystal Palace Sunday at 
215. I will be very excited to watch this one. We know Palace have some magic sometimes against these types of uh, like away sides in the Prem, but I'm going to go City 1-0. Um, City have been very good defensively lately. They're lacking a little bit going forward. Palace have been, uh, they're coming off two straight clean sheets uh, for the first time all season. I think they're going to do a little bit better defensively, but I don't think they're going to score, so I'm going to go 1-0 City. Yeah, this one hurts because, at least to pick, because uh, I'm going to go bigger than that. I'm going to go 3 nothing. City beat Palace. Uh, Pep, Pep talks a lot about how difficult Crystal Palace are to beat. Um, I think the difference for me in this game is I think Cancelo is going to come into midfield and create space that Crystal Palace really aren't used to defending, right, with their kind of two low blocks of, of four. So that makes me really, really nervous. And if City get an early goal, it gets ugly in this game. Um, and so, you know, in, in the games where I've seen City uh, Palace play City really well, they usually get a goal or, um, you know, a, a set piece or something needs to go their way. I kind of feel like their luck's run out against City. And the way the City's playing right now, especially defensively, I think when Cancelo comes into the midfield as well, um, that this one could get ugly and be 3-0. So sorry, Palace. Yeah, I got a feeling that um, that this is going to be like an 80-20 possession match for City. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. 100%. All right, next one, last one. Arsenal at home against Newcastle Monday, 3 p.m. I have Arsenal winning 1-0. Yeah, so there's a lot of kind of zero-goal games that we have, or at least I have here. Um, I, I have Arsenal winning 2-0. They did just win in the Cup uh, 2-0 uh, against Newcastle. And I think it's going to be a lot of the same story. Uh, they're at home, so it's at the same ground. They're both played at the Emirates. Um, and I think, honestly, like looking at Newcastle after that last result against Blades, I think they could capitulate. I think they could really, really – like it could turn south quickly. Um, and if it does, like – you know, the game, they are still just won already 2 nothing against Newcastle. I think they could run that result back again in normal time. Granted, those two goals were scored in extra time, so I think they'd run it back again as Newcastle just kind of keep getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah, Newcastle aren't great. I got Arsenal 1-0. Uh, I just watched them play Palace today, and they didn't look very good going forward at all. I think Palace actually played a lot better than them. Um, but I think they're better than Newcastle, so. There you go. That's that. Um, well, that's uh, that wraps it for the episode, guys. Um, as always, follow us on Twitter at Ghost to Show Pod. Uh, enter into the NBC Predictor App League uh, again. Download that app. It's M D E Q L eight. That is for stateside listeners. So if you're in the states, download the Predictor app. If you're in the UK, unfortunately, uh, you know gambling. It's patty betting, Power, baby. It's different. Yeah, patty Power, baby. Um, and that's all I got, Chris. Anything else? Uh, no, looking forward to this weekend. We'll hopefully be back soon to, to recap some more, but uh, I think that's it for now. Yeah, appreciate it. Every week we follow. Thanks for hosting us, and um, just goes to show. Everybody's human.